Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Hi, Dumpty Dummers. Red Agnes here from the Northwest. I've got to strike while the muse is on me with a Dumpty Dum. Uh, I can't sing, so you'll just have to bear with me. Bum tit, bum tit, bum tit, bum. <laughs> Bums and tits and arse, cheeks, farts and snogs and Chaucer's tails and Neville's hairy arse. Middle England's nervous stretch, tested out of sight. Christmas Ambridge Panto time, a play that isn't shite. <laughs> This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the rural English manor house that is Robert Wilson, and with me I have the two up, two down with an outside bog that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of the Ambridge exodus, folks, is you. This week's Dumpty Dum features Red Agnes in Chaucerian style. Was it Chaucerian? Probably Chaucerian. Lucy, if any of our other listeners want to send us a Dumpty Dum or become a caller in or how can they do that? If you would like to leave us your thoughts, a Dumpty Dum or a plot prediction, or find the idea of a small house, hysterically amusing, leave uh-uh. us a message on SpeakPipe via DumptyDum.com or call us on 0203 this week, we need to thank Shambridge for her amazing voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts and for his little New Year quiz that he's done later, Cosmo for his episode roundups, and to Derek, the loan in the back bedroom, uh, Derek is having a little New Year's Eve get together with his trademark cocktail. He won't tell anyone what's in it, but Auntie Cardboard has noticed the hand sanitizer at the laurels has become <laughs> suspiciously depleted. <laughs> On this week's show, we have calls from Julie, Monty, Fiona and Mary, but first, let's brace ourselves for Lucy V. Freeman's Week in Ambridge. It was a lovely class war week in Ambridge. It was the extended Grundy family that had the best Christmas, but it was a bit of a disaster for all the poshos. Hurrah! Emma is still on cloud nine about her prospective ownership of Chicken Gizzard Cottage. Ed has some work with Tim Oti who with the Grundy's propensity for nicknames would surely be called Porridge or at the very least Quaker. Will (laughs) Grundy has now turned into the nicest man on earth, so clearly Nick did not die in vain, which is nice. And the only fly in the ointment was Jo, who was not speaking to Clary as she had put her foot down over the overflowing portaloo. I wouldn't put my foot down anywhere in the Grundy's yard, to be honest, but Clary (laughs) has always been a bit devil may care over hygiene. We began the week with Brian and Jenny. Oh, Brian, I'd forgotten how small it is. Yes, but it does go a lock, but it does go back a long way inside, said Brian. And anyway, <laughs> never complained before. Jenny Darling whinged that her new neighbour at Willow Cottage, Kirsty, was still hostile. I still haven't forgiven Jenny Darling for saying that Krusty should bow to her elders, and yes, I'm going to say it, 
betters. So tough shit, Jenny, darling. The peasants are revolting. <laughs> and I went right off her when she laughed heartily at the smallness of the bedroom. Jenny, you just have no idea. And I very much hope you go completely bankrupt and end up living next to a crack den. And anyway, you grew up in a flat above a pub. You're not the bloody Duchess of Devonshire. Brian <laughs> waded in to fix things the only way he knows how. Honestly, darling, you've earned a day off from house clearance. I'm not going to help you in any practical way, obviously. I'm just going to chuck money at the problem. Go to La Femme du Monde, which will force you to unpack all the good clothes you've already packed and buy you some wildly <laughs> unsuitable earrings. Happy Christmas, Jenny. But the family rallied round by, well, by not being there. Alice is in the Priory. Chris has welded himself to his own anvil. Kate's having her chakras realigned in South Africa. Adam hasn't got time. Debbie's still at her laptop in Hungary, trying to connect on Skype to join the family meeting held back in October. Hello, Adam? Hello? Can anyone see me? And Rory now lives on Ben's floor. Best place for him. Auntie Cardboard overdid it at the Laurel's Christmas party and woke up next to a plastic Christmas tree and an 87-year-old ex-butcher with a dicky gallbladder and Hiller Ogden's holding Piggy at knife point. But there was one notable exception to Jenny Darling's abandonment. Tony. Oh, it's been stripped of everything that made it your home, he said. You're being very brave considering how your life's fallen apart, Jenny. I thought I'd come over and cheer you up. Brian doesn't have any family, obviously. He was raised by a pack of feral stockbrokers. This week's Canterbury Tales cliffhanger was about the lost bottom. You have to admire the scriptwriters, as much as I moan, not even the team behind The Sopranos could have, over the course of a month, tried to engage 4.7 million people around the world in a story about a fox-damaged false arse, a charity shop bra, papier-mâché, and an entirely silent character offering to show his backside on the radio. Poor Lillian chucked herself on the funeral pyre that is Christmas at Bridge Farm. They had some of that ham from last Christmas and they were each allowed to pick a veg box instead of a stocking. Christmas at Brookfield was set up to be something like Murder on the Orient Express, but just turned out to be a bit scratchy, which was hugely disappointing. Apart from Josh, we didn't hear anyone making Russ uncomfortable, which was personally going to be the highlight of my Christmas. And it's no good everyone saying afterwards, ooh, wasn't Kenton awful. I wanted to hear Russ's bum cheeks clench in humiliation. At the very least, I wanted Kenton arriving with a camera crew, like a vigilante paedophile hunter, and Josh to have mocked up a school report marking Russ's sexual prowess with the Ofsted grading system. No one even asked him if he was a leg or breast man. Very dull. <laughs> and the food sounded, frankly, weird. Pigeon and black pudding terrine would not look gorgeous, Jolene. It would look like the aftermath of someone who'd fallen through a plate glass window. Elizabeth is still wafting around Lower Loxley like the ghost of Christmas past, staring out of windows, twiddling her unwashed hair and pinging her leggings elastic. Shut her up in the attic, Lily, and crack on. The highlight of Christmas for me was the way Lily treats Russ like Ben treats Bess. Come along, Russ. Sit there, darling. Good boy. Leave that alone. Leave it. Oh, God, he's eating a mince pie. Can someone ring Alistair? <laughs> Beavis and Butthead were the beaters at the shoot. I wouldn't let those two near a garden hose, never mind a gun. And frankly, I'm astonished that they got through it without getting a vital bit of themselves blown off. But instead, they went off and rescued a cow that had gone for a swim. Well, Ben did. Rory just stood around saying, I don't understand cows. They're really thick and all they do is eat and follow each other about. Ben, mate, where are you going? Can I come? Can we have something to eat? It was all very sweary Mary too. We had an arse, a sod and a bloody. 
I'm going to complain. That's my New Year's resolution to constantly attack the scriptwriters on Twitter and insist that every episode should contain all 300 characters all talking at once, even Sammy Whipple, Lewis from Lower Loxley and Terry Two Phones. They'll love that, the scriptwriters. And so <laughs> to the Canterbury Tales, Ruth had a hissy fit and was worried she'd forgot her lines, but it didn't occur to her that we'd actually like it if she stood there on stage with her mouth hanging open and nothing coming out. We've been longing for that for bloody years. <laughs> it had his phone shoved down his tights. So did Lillian, but hers was set on vibrate. But the most <laughs> astonishing thing was the cheering crowds in the audience. Who were they? Not only was everyone sentient in the village in the production, who in their right mind would go to a godforsaken village in the arse end of nowhere and listen to a group of people they didn't know chuntering on about stuff that made no sense? Eh? Mm. Oh, yes, we would. We've done it every week last year, and we will do it every week next year. Thank you for listening, everyone. And I want to wish you all a heartfelt Happy New Year. And, oh, God, I knew I'd cry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funniest part <laughs> of the script. <laughs> and thank you for being the most brilliant, appreciative, friendly, and wonderful audience a mad woman could ever have. And I love you all. Thank you. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Man. <laughs> I, you didn't set me off because you caught me by surprise. Good. I was pouring another coffee then. Oh. <laughs> Well, it seems inappropriate to uh, say anything else other than, than that. We should just should we just round the show off again at the end of the, <laughs> the yes. end of your <laughs> by then? <laughs> oh, you should have recorded that, and then you'd have got through without the the sniffle. I tried. That was the fourth go. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, you said you were reading it to the dog. Yes. And you were crying. <laughs> yes. Oh. Ah well. Do you need a moment to compose yourself? No, I'm fine. All right. All right, then. Well, look, Will being nice. I predicted that Will would be nice about six months ago, that eventually Will would have to be nice at one stage. Right. Well, yes, most people. So, I mean, unless you're a total sociopath, you have to at some point. The law of leverage yeah. says that you have to. Yeah. I think I think there would be no – I think what I did say at the time, that what would, the, what would be the point of, of this storyline if it didn't affect a change – in him for the good. Yeah. Yeah. And I and think it's only a little bit of it's only a little bit of a change but a change nonetheless. Yes, there was a small niceness. I think um I think he must have been dreading Christmas so much. Yeah. When it's over, I think you can then give yourself you know, you you often feel more kind of um filled with the milk of human kindness once it's all over, not yes. during it. <laughs> really, because that's the stressful bit. Um, especially for him that year. I mean, awful. Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand a little bit about that. I did spend a good 45 minutes trying to explain to my father the difference between the network his phone is on and the operating system. Because <laughs> he's got an iPhone. Right. And he, he uses it very, very, you know, very well. He's 83. He can use the iPhone fine. I mean, he does jab a bit at the at the screen, but yeah. you know, he's not the only one. Um and I said, have you got the new operating system? And he said, but it's on 4G. Uh, yeah, no, I mean the iOS. And, yeah. Anyway. And, that, and to which my, my 24-year-old nephew was just laughing in the background. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> but there we are. So, yeah, that, that was Alice. What, when did we last hear of Alice? Um, well, we heard all of them over the squabble over the farm. They yeah. all waded in, and since uh, you know Kate forced them into this sale, they've all scattered to the four winds. We haven't heard any from any of them 
we've heard from Adam briefly chuntering on about um, Lexi and the and the um, the IVF, not IVF, whatever it is. Uh, and uh, you know, that's it. Mm, I suppose I mean, they're going to. Are they at were they at Susan's? Did they have the day at Ambridge View? I suppose they did. Yes, I think they probably God, that'd did. That'd be awful, wouldn't it? Can you imagine? Yes, exactly. With with Susan's management skills. Yes. She's a born manager. She's uh, she'll be able to manage that very well. God dear, <laughs> mm. I don't know. Again, how many? So there'll be what? Oh, I can't work it out. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've had very quiet Christmases for for a long time. It's just been generally me and my dad. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> we went to the Toby Carvery this yes, year. Yes, good. Very good. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously there was a. My dad driving us there and saying, "Oh, I wonder where it is. I think, oh, I think it'd be on this side of the road, not that side of the road." You think, we'll find out when we get there. <laughs> oh, but we won't be able to get across there because th- there's a barrier. But well, I'm sure there'll be a junction because there will. Be... Uh, and <laughs> somebody, then it was. Uh, and they said, said "Oh, look." Sorry, and then he said, "Oh, it looks like it's, it was converted from uh, lots of different buildings because they're all different heights and shapes." No, that's how the architect designed it to. <laughs> fool people like you into thinking it's a proper pub <laughs> it's very hard work Aww. i'm sure i'm sure i was hard work for him too we're both used to being on our own you see yeah someone said that they were being um driven around uh, that they asked a, an elderly relative for directions because mm-hmm. it, i don't know why i'm saying elderly relative it just could be just anyone that's lived in a place for a long time and they said you turn left where mary used to get her meat <laughs> <laughs> Which could have been the bus shelter. Who knows? <laughs> we all know Mary, don't we? <sighs> but in the end, in the end, uh, when I was leaving, and I said, "Give us a hug, Dad," and then I said, "I love you," and I haven't done that for a while. And Aww. then he said, "And he said, all right." <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh, the English, marvelous, aren't they? Bloody hell! <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, they've All moved right. out of the house. You said it'd never happen. I, I never thought it would happen. Have they actually moved out? I don't know. As I said that, I thought mm, maybe I'm wrong. Have they moved out? I mean, because they were they went to look around, and then mm-hmm. she was then she was uh, in bed having her cup of tea that he'd bought her. That was Christmas yeah. Day. Yeah. Uh, Boxing Day shoot. They were still. They haven't. No, they haven't actually moved yet. Oh, so they're they're in sort of limbo. Yeah. Crimbo limbo between the two houses. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hmm. So there's still a chance that they won't move out. Yeah. That'd be so annoying, wouldn't it? That at the last minute everything falls through. Well, I still think what they do a route B. I still think yeah. that there's um you know, <laughs> I, I was still thinking that they'd get hold of some booze and, and um uh uh Beavis and Butthead would go and have their New Year's celebration there with a load of Brian's wine or something. Well, we'll find out tonight. Yeah. Or tomorrow. I am we? so confused about what Bleeding Day is. I, so am I. <laughs> I quite like it. You know, yeah. I quite like being in this kind of time-free zone where mm. you just sort of float along like a jellyfish and you've got no idea what's coming and go, you know. And because I work from home, it's even worse because my I don't have a like, a, I am off, I am on, I am at work, I am, I am not at work. I'm just kind yeah. of always at work or whatever. So and um, then, you, then, and then you, it doesn't help because you switch the television on, and there's the, all the TV's different. The news yeah. is on at different times. Yeah. <laughs> you never know when the shops are going to be open or closed. So, <laughs> they close at four o'clock, five o'clock, or is Sainsbury's open till nine tonight? I yeah. don't know. 
well, if, if Sainsbury's closes at four today, I, I will be going without. I will be sucking on ice cubes <laughs> for my supper. Well, which I'll wouldn't re- be the first time. My my other half really made me laugh last year because I was I was going. Have we got enough milk? Are you sure we've got enough milk? And he said, "It's Christmas. It's not martial law." (laughs) (laughs) But this year it's different (laughs) because there's three thousand five hundred troops on standby, just just in case. Just in case we run out of milk. Oh, Oh, what about Ditchgate? A lot of people on Twitter. Yeah, a lot of people on Twitter have been saying that. Oh, Ben's going to get. Um, sepsis sepsis <laughs> no give no. over just because he's get... go... yeah i mean tetanus is the thing to worry about but you know lockjaw that would upset rory wouldn't it <laughs> anyway um <laughs> it is a bit i mean people's people was, i mean it is a bit it's, it's bromancy isn't it um there's nothing wrong with that but it is a bit bromancy but, but you're just just yeah, teenagers just feel like no one else understands them apart from other teenagers. That's it. So they ju- they've just got close because of that, haven't they? Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I think. Well, I think I we've just know. about covered the archers now. Yes. Let's move on to Christmas television. No, <laughs> we, I, I didn't watch much television. I, I, Someone anyway. tweeted me today. Mm-hmm. They messaged me, and it's the it just really, really made me laugh. Okay. It, and now I can't bloody find it. Oh, God. Sorry, forget it. I, when right. I find it again, I'll send it to you. But it really made right. it was um, uh, Irish, uh, Irish film classifications. All right. <laughs> on Twitter. And it was just very well, at funny. Least, at least it's not xenophobic in any way, shape or form. Um, <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. I don't mean it was like an Irishman walked into a pub. It was, um, <laughs> it was no, it was just very funny. Anyway. All right. Shall we hear from our caller in or is this week? Yes. Let's hope they're more on the ball than I am. Hello, Ambridge3962. It's Julie first. Hello, Julie from Pickering here. Hello. Well, just listen to the Christmas Day episode and what an absolute damp squib. For goodness sake, you've got all of those people, all those archers round the same table on Christmas Day and with the hand grenade labelled Russ and the hand grenade labelled Baby Grace both on the table, unpinned and ready to be lobbed. (laughs) And what did we get? We got so lukewarm. I just, you've let us down. You've let us down, script writers. I was expecting, get out of my house. And a doof, 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 doof. <laughs> and I am sorely let down. And that's all I have to say on the matter. Doodles. Bye. Well, I, the Archers doesn't do doof, doof, does it? No, not really. Generally no. speaking. No. And we, I think we'd have been, we'd have felt sorely let down if they'd have gone down that soapy tropey, which we haven't had that phrase on this this program for quite some time. That soapy tropey track. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, for one, I'm glad. But jo- Josh is really annoying. I mean, it was I'd have I'd have hit him with a turkey drumstick if I'd have been sitting next to him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think. I mean, yeah, it was. I completely agree with Julie. It was. It was bigged up. I don't know why they bigged it up because they clearly uh, hadn't really, you know, they hadn't really got anything in the bag. Um, mm. 
And oh, was, was it them bigging it up or was it us? It was I all think it was 13, us. Yeah, it was all that 13 round the, round the dinner yeah. table, blah, blah, blah. Last supper. Yeah. And, you know, Elizabeth's sticky ticker and all that stuff. Yeah. And um, uh, I don't know. It was kind of uh, – it was all – it was the hearsay thing that drives me bonkers. Mm. That, oh, I'm sorry about Kenton. What? Why? What did he say? Was oh, it funny? Really? Was oh, it bad? Was it, you know, what the goodness, bloody hell was it? Thank goodness you mentioned that because I've written down here, what uh, I've written down Kenton question mark. Because but you had no idea why. <laughs> no, and I thought, because it was Christmas, I thought, oh, I must have dozed off while while there was that <laughs> debacle, not debacle, while, while, while there was, you know, tension yeah. or he said something. No, he wasn't, he wasn't there. We heard Jolene briefly. Oh, so he, just he, said, he didn't come? No, he didn't come. He, no, 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 he was there, but we didn't hear him say anything. And then after, afterwards, um, uh, when, um, oh, God, sorry, my brain's Russ, not with it today. Lily, no, Pip went David. to visit Lily. She said, mm. oh, I'm sorry about Kenton. Yes. And, uh, you know, but why wouldn't uh, David and Ruth stop um, Josh being making you know hilarious comments he's just being an irritating teenage boy isn't he they are quite annoying yeah yeah because they think continue to do so until he's 35 i imagine yes yeah i don't know i did quite yeah i'm liking ben yes i like ben yeah because he seems he's got a really nice sense of humor but he's also a you know a kind of a decent bloke as well yeah and he's not goody is he either i mean he's Done a bit of joyriding, yeah. Uh, but he's happy to jump in a ditch with a with a yeah. drowning cow. Yes, and it, that's more than I'd be willing to do, quite frankly. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah. Anyway, I'm mm, not even think about that. Okay, thank you, Julie. You're right. It was a damp squib. It yes. was a Christmas crap crapper. <laughs> it was <laughs> yes, a Christmas no. crapper. That was, no, that was the portaloo that was a Christmas crapper. Le Mojust, Robert. It's a Christmas cracker. I was going to say it was it's a Christmas cracker uh, that's got a, a damp exploding bit on it, but I think Christmas crapper was probably better. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Okay. Time that we moved I found on. That on thing. I... Can I just read you that thing? Go on then. The Irish Irish film classifications that really made me laugh this morning. It was from Damien Owens, and G is grand. PG <laughs> is mostly grand, but sure you know yourself. Twelve <laughs> might be a bit of shifting. 15, shifting, implied riding, lads getting a box in the mouth, a few bad words. And 18 <laughs> is riding, young ones in the nip, heads blew clean off and the language out of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, the accent's pretty good too. I've sent that to all my Irish friends and one of them just replied to put, it's pronounced film. <laughs> film. Oh, film. <laughs> it is film. <laughs> With a U in it. Film. Yes. <laughs> Uh, let's hear from Fiona. Hi, I'm Fiona. I'm first-time caller from Manchester, which is apparently the current home of Lily and Russ. I think I am probably a George Grundy. I started listening in the mid-noughties, and I remember Betty Tucker dying. I'm not sure if I remember the birth of George Grundy, but I don't know who these... I looked at 2006, which was... And it said, Mads arrives and Sophie returns. I don't know who they are. So maybe I was listening on and off from about 2005. Oh, yeah. I've got a plot prediction for you, which is um, who's moving into home farm. So I was thinking maybe Leonie and James are going to make a return with their family. I guess they're probably 
selfish enough to uh, cause people to move out around Christmas yep. time and also try and pull the price drop, although, of course, that might cause some family problems if it is them. It would be interesting to have them back in the show, I think. And the other thing I was thinking about was wondering where Lily and Russ are actually based in Manchester. I guess possibly Chalton Springs to mind. I don't know if there's any other listeners from Manchester area that might have an idea. Or maybe I'm just thinking it through too much and maybe the scriptwriters haven't actually got a place in mind. Um, they've left it a bit vague. So anyway, that's my thoughts. Um, Merry Christmas and thank you for the podcast. I'm really enjoying listening to it. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Leonie and James. I, I, they can't well, afford it. No. And 1. He, wouldn't, 2 million. he wouldn't be able to resist telling Ma, would he? Ma. I say Ma. What a book. No, we're good. Um, just to fill but you who... in briefly, Fiona, Mads and Sophie. Mads was um, Ian's friend who said she'd be a surrogate for him and then pulled out at the last minute. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. And um, Sophie was uh, um, David's ex-girlfriend who oh, reappeared right. with the aim of vaguely igniting... David's somewhat slow-burning embers, uh, which never really happened. All right. Who was someone I think of from time to time, which Mm -hmm. is, I guess, a character that was in before I started listening every day Mm. or or every every week, was um, a girl that used to live in the flat above the shop that was Greg's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And she went off to France or something. What what was her name? Oh, God, I can't remember. Greg's daughter. Yeah. Yes. Gregman's daughter. She was Icelandic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> D- G- no, G- J? Did it begin with J? Jeanette? No. Janine? Mm, I don't know. We'll ask the internet in a Jeffrey minute. Jeffrey the giraffe? I don't know. Yes, that uh, was her. Anyway, if any of you know, please Here's tweet. My daughter, Jeffrey the giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> tweet me at Naked Fingers or all of us at Dumpty Dum, hashtag whatever, and uh, let me know because uh, it's been keeping you awake at night, quite <laughs> frankly. Why didn't you Thank just you. Google it, you pillock? Oh, yeah. Oh. Can I Google that for you? You're like- <laughs> well, I never think of it. Well, anyway, anyway, I've just thought of it then. So, oh, God, you can't say a bloody thing on this podcast without someone criticising you. <laughs> Lorks. Well, thank you, Fiona. Do call in again once we've stopped yes. arguing. Yeah. Uh, it's Mary next. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Hello. Mary in Toronto, and I'm not contrary on Twitter. When I first called into Dumpty Dum way back in April 2014, I declared that I was a Mark because the first thing I remember was Mark Hebden Lloyd dying. Now, mm-hmm. thanks to the excellent chronology on DumptyDum.com, I see that I'm actually a Daniel because, of course, he was born later that year which I guess I probably could have figured out myself, given that he'd already been conceived uh, just before Mark died. But anyway, uh, a bit of housekeeping. Uh, Royfield, given that you're having problems finding mince pies, if you ever need them when you're in Toronto again or the GTA, let me know. There are several places I know that do very nice versions of them. Um, And now a couple of plot predictions. Um, To me, these seem kind of obvious and maybe somebody smarter than me or quicker than me has already said them on Twitter, but I haven't seen them and I don't think I've heard them on Dumpty Tum. Anyway, short term, somebody will be poisoned at the Canterbury Tales. Kirsty was rooting around in the props cupboard and she re- mentioned the bottle of poison. Um, kind of a quick throwaway mention just in passing. Um, given that the false buttocks were removed, maybe the poison bottle also got knocked out and somebody 
put it back with the real poisons because being on a farm there could be rat poison other things lying around and then that rat poison actually gets put back in the props cupboard something sinister like that and then my long-term prediction again probably a bit obvious is that Natasha who is Welsh will discover Philip who's also Welsh and they'll form some kind of wonderful Welsh union and <laughs> leave Kirsty and Tom to get back together again for the millionth time okay that's all from me bye and happy new year Happy I don't New think Year. she can describe those pl- plot predictions as, you know, predictable. They're mad. Um, it's not <laughs> real poison, is it? Well, that, well it's, uh, that's it what I thought. That's what I thought when I first heard it. But if you listen to what she said, she said there was a bit of a mix-up with with the plot table, the, uh, the, right. the, the prop the table. table. And if there's other poisons around the farm, maybe they got mixed up and then real poison was put in the prop table. And then she kept saying rat poison. Now, if you remember, there were rats in the barn. Yeah. And, and I, you did they have, use poison? have or the, liquid rat poison. No, it's solid, isn't it? It's that yeah. little blue stuff. Yeah. Mm. Paraquat. Do they still use paraquat? That's quite dangerous. I don't know. Because mm. rat poison is warfarin, isn't it? It's used in yeah. warfarin, which is also used for thinning the blood for heart conditions. Yeah. Or maybe someone will accidentally make a fertiliser bomb. Elizabeth will have a heart attack and will be fixed with rat poison and then she'll die. Okay, well, that's it then. Well, we've we've sorted it out. (laughs) Good, we've solved that one. Next! Well, at least we know what Kerry's done for the next two weeks. (laughs) Now, no need to listen. I'm not so sure. Kirsty and Tom, come on. Do you not think that's going to happen? No. Really? See, Do I you? Think, yeah, I think they will end up together. Oh, God. I know. I don't want them to, because Kirsty's worth three of Tom, but I think that's what will happen. Oh, I, mm, <laughs> I don't... Uh, you, can, <laughs> you can tell I'm in three minds about this. You are. Um, no. You think? <laughs> I'm going to go on like this for half an hour. Um, I'm I'm more shocked that you think that this is a sensible prediction. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I mean, it is being, the more I think about it, the less ridiculous it sounds. There's a thing between them. There is a thing. Whenever they speak to each other, there is a thing there. She's kind of like, Kirsty's like the fire, the progressive firebrand she always was in the same way that Pat was for, uh tony um she's an outsider it's always it would, in, in the in the arches it's often the women come in as outsiders and then become sort of um you know like jill uh and uh no actually not jenny that was the other way around but um and ruth and jill you know they come in as outsiders and they kind of um uh there's a bit of conflict about their role in the family because they're not ambridge blah 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 mm-hmm. you know i can yeah i can just see it happening because it was it was pip and toby that i suggested would get back together and yeah. but we haven't heard from toby since no. he started sleeping over again i think without any nookie he's doing panto he's wearing he? tights what, and proper panto? Around, probably yeah oh, okay. he's wearing tights and striding around shouting really i'll have to look him 13 up 13 miles from london and still no sign of dick that's what he's oh saying. you beat me to it <laughs> you're always in there with a dick joke before anyone else <laughs> Good, Who's next? Me. 
Uh, it is Monty. Monty. Hi, my name's Monty. I'm Hello. a first-time caller in um, I've been listening to The Archers since the late 1990s. Um, so I, I, the first episode was the, the night that John Archer died. So perhaps oh. I'm a dead John, but that's a bit oh, bleak. So according to the timeline on the website, I'm actually a Phoebe Aldridge. Um, and I live uh, in the uh, Potter's Bar area. Um, not a lot really happened on, on the uh, on this Christmas episode of The Archers, I thought. Um, Kirsty uh, complained about the Aldridges moving in next door. And I find it hard to believe that she would actually rather have the man who jilted her at the altar living next door to her rather than uh, the Aldridges, however much she dislikes them. Um, in the case of the uh, missing Ambridge arse, it was typical uh, of, of, the, uh, um, of the police officer um, uh, Harrison to uh, just say, well, it will probably turn up. Uh, that seems to be his default answer to any crime in the area, so I can see why he's doing his, his sergeant exams. Um, Ed and Emma's house, it's only a matter of time till it goes wrong and, and they lose that. Um, you can all no. see it coming. And Christmas dinner at the at the Archers, um, it, the the biggest arse in that building had nothing to do with Papier-Mâché and was clearly Josh. What an unpleasant piece of work he is. Uh, I mean, nobody likes Russ. But he's a guest in the house and it's really, really poor manners to behave like that in front of any guest in your house. Um, Elizabeth's uh, obviously going downhill very clearly and uh, uh, heading for a nervous breakdown. Ben and Rory really like them. I think they're a really nice pair of lads, a bit mischievous, but loyal and friendly. And I think uh, they, they, they will do well for themselves. And um, poor old Ruth throwing her toy toys out of the pram, but... Uh, if anything, I'm very bored with the with the Christmas plays. <laughs> anyway, that's me. Goodbye. Bye. Spot on there with with most I things, know. I think, I like except the, the house. I like the cut of his jib. So do I. Um, Is he wearing tights? Probably. Okay. I think that. Um, yes, you can tell which way his jib le- is leaning. Um, I think <laughs> that. Uh, I don't think they're going to lose the house. I think that's too no. much. You know. It is hilarious, though, that the Grundys have ended up living in one of the biggest houses in the village. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, they get, and then Ed and Emma are, are going off to get their new house. Um, uh, yes, Josh. It, Josh was quite unpleasant. Mm. Yeah. I'm not sure he's nasty, nasty. I just think he's he's just a cocky, irritating teenage boy. Well, he's a bit like um, uh, Freddie, isn't he? A bit kind of. I mean, yeah. Freddie's, Freddie's dopier in every sense, but yeah. sort of more good-natured. But yeah, he was a little mm. bit spiteful, I think. Yeah. It's also, it's not fair on poor old Lily. You know, when he's taking the piss out of Russ, he's also taking the piss. He's, he's hurting Lily by doing that, and that's not very kind. No, it's not very kind. Well, I think he deserves well, to have a, another the- piece of farm machinery stolen. Yes. Yes. And we can arrange it. Somehow. I'm confused. Which one's the oldest? What? Ben or Brothers. Josh? B- 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 Josh. Well, how come Josh ben is sounds... 18, 19. And Ben is how old? 15. 15. But why does he sound about 32 then? He sounds much older than Josh. Because the actor is, is older and his tights aren't tight enough. So ah, so okay. he should be talking like that. Oh, Rory. <laughs> um... Uh, but he's talking like that. <laughs> yes. A lot Don't of people said confused. that, that they both sound older, but you know, it's a yeah. suspension of uh, what you yeah. call it, isn't it? Yeah. Whatever that is.
Yep. Um, Emma, and, Emma and Ed won't lose the house. Don't be ridiculous. Um, I really don't want that to happen. But, um, and now we, we, we know from, from your prediction uh, why, uh, why Kirsty doesn't mind if that Tom might have been moving next door because mm-hmm. they still carry a torch for one another. Yeah. Uh, what, what else was he talking about? Lizzie, yeah, L- Lizzie's heading for the, um, the rocks, so to speak. Uh, and what else? Do, yeah, spot on, yeah, spot on. Call in again. Mm, mm. <laughs> Thank you very much, Monty. Right, we have a special New Year quiz, don't we, Ooh. Lucy? Would you like to explain what's going on? Um, no, because as always, I don't know what's going on. Oh, oh fair enough. Well, um, Mike Haddon has kindly put together um, a quiz. He's actually done it like a little package with uh, with a synthesised voice. Uh, reading up the numbers, um, what what there are is um, every time a character has said "hello, you two or "right, you are" in in twenty eighteen, um, he's he's edited that together. And all you have to do is email a in into us and uh, tell us who they are. I think I've got most of them. So it doesn't start with Mike Hatton's voice. It starts with um, some kind of computer-generated voice, which sounds really realistic until you then realise it's a computer-generated voice and then you get uncanny valley and feel a bit queasy. But other than that, (laughs) here is our special Dumpty Dum Right You Are Hello You Two New Year quiz. Welcome to the HYT RYA quiz. Listen carefully and see how many voices you can identify. All have said Hello You Two or Right You Are during 2018. Mary Mungo and Midge, yes, I know. Number one. Hey, you two. I know that one. Number two. Hello, you two. <laughs> yes, I know that one. Number three. Hey, you two. Number oh, four. Yeah. Hello, you two. Number five. Hello, you two. Yep. Number six. Hello, you two. Yes. Number seven. Roger up. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight. Right, you are. <laughs> Number nine. Right, you are. I know that. Number ten. Oh, right, you are. Yeah. Number eleven. Right, you are. Number twelve. Right, you are. That's a tough one. Number thirteen. Right, you are. Yeah. Number fourteen. Right, you are. (laughs) Number fifteen. Right, you are. Number sixteen. Right, you are. It goes to a hundred. Number seventeen. Right, you are. Number eighteen. Right, you are. <laughs> Number nineteen. Right, you are. Number twenty. There you are. Number twenty-one. Right, you are. Number twenty-two. Right, you are. Hysterical now. Number 23 will be familiar oh, to regular Dumpty Dum listeners. Right, you are. <laughs> and finally, number 24. <laughs> Our final right, you are, was heard on a popular television quiz show during 2018. Right, you are. There you are. <laughs> I love you. That is the funniest thing I've heard for ages. Oh, dear. I really didn't think it was going to go up to 52 then. One for each week. Oh, bloody hell. 
Doesn't it strike you, though, as what an odd phrase, and no one says it apart from on the archers. I have never said it in my life. Right, you are, I think, is a, is a, is a normal English idiom, a, a phrase, but hello, you two is... <laughs> it is... It, I, I think we've spoken about this before. It is a device, isn't it, to to yes. make yes. it clear to everyone that yes. this person is talk, yeah. is about to talk to two people. Prepare yeah. yourselves to um, to listen to two male yeah. actors that sound exactly the same, and you won't yeah. be able to work out which is which. Yeah. I noticed today that um, I was reading P.G. Woodhouse again, and I noticed how often he the reason he uses um, because all his characters are interlinked in some way. He yeah. uses uh, a similar device in that he gives everyone Bertie Worcester refers to everybody by a nickname, and yeah. when he's talking to a character that's outside the main action, he says, "Bingo, who's Bingo?" He says, "You know, Bingo, your nephew, Richard." And he says, "Oh, I see." And it's a way of letting everyone know how those people are related. So right. you have to, so that he sort of sets them all up with, with nicknames. Um, and yeah, it's interesting how how you have to have as a writer, you have to have those kind of. Uh, well, just mechanics in place to hmm. to to make it work, and it's about showing, not necessarily telling, isn't it? Yeah, you think. But I do, I do honestly think that right. You are. I just, I don't know anyone that says it apart from in Ambridge. Right. Okay. Hey Siri. Right, you are. Sorry, Robert. I can't help you with that. Did she just call you Robart? <laughs> well, it is it is artificial intelligence. It's machine machine learning for you. I thought it was a robot. Is that what you're saying? Oh my no, god! No, no. no it, 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 it. Hey Siri, right you are. Sorry, Robert. I can't help you with that. There you it go. Was close. Told ya. All right. Hello, you two. Oh, she's got confused now. Goodbye. Right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you're right there. Mm. I might, I might have to do a, a Shakespearean. If I can, maybe do an online search of the entire works of Shakespeare. Maybe we'll get a right you are out of that. Yes. A pretty pretty tell or that. two as well. Yeah. I imagine. <laughs> well, thank you for that quiz. Um, I was going to say we could play it again, so you can listen again. But then I thought, well, this is a podcast, so they can probably go back and pause. Who it do it... people email it to? Oh, uh, Royfield, I imagine. Okay, so that's royfield at gmail.com. Yes, royfield at gmail.com. Um, I, was, yeah, I don't know his phone number, so I want you to There's no pride. Mike said there's no prize, by the way, but it's no, just... Yeah, just pride. Yes. Just have a go. Come on. Yes. We did. Right, You've got time. Got else to do? You're just oh. sitting there nursing your hangover? You may as well. Yeah. Oh. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Right, social media? Yeah, why not? Huh. Greetings, dumpty dummers around the world. Yay. While Angus Haggis takes a nap and Millie Bell and Yoko Bear enjoy their holiday, this is Witherspoon stepping in with the social media roundup. With most of us off from work, it was a very busy week on the socials. First, a couple of posts recently on the forum. Nearly two weeks ago, Yorkshire Lass wondered whether the buyer of Home Farm was of South Asian heritage because of the name Gill. But Stuart Mackinson in Sherlock Holmes fashion, question whether our own Lucy was buying the house and moving to the countryside. <laughs> Since then, Brian has signed the contract and moving day is here, and we still don't know who is moving in. Scriptwriters, what gives? Maybe we will know by the time this is broadcast. We kicked off Facebook this week with the following scenario. The Queen has lost her voice, and a resident of Ambridge has been asked to deliver the Christmas speech instead. Who would be the best and worst Ambridge resident to do so? Many, such as Yoko Bear, Pat Hannibin, Charles Aptaker, and Joe Krausman, suggested Linda for the best stand-in for the Queen. I would <laughs> add that she would be very comfortable in front of a gold piano. While Joe gets votes for best and worst speech giver, some fear <laughs> and others desire his potty talk. Fiona Griffin suggested that Bert Fry could read one of his poems, oh, while Stephen Bowden thought that David would be a sensible and down-to-earth choice. Both Andrea Melling and I nominated Tom for the absolute worst, mm -hmm. as Sausage Boy would put us to sleep with talk of his latest farm venture. Another excellent suggestion came both from Kelvin Hard and Stephen Botley, who urged the use of silent characters such as Molly Button or Nathan Booth so that we could have 15 minutes of blissful quiet. We also put up a special holiday poll right after Brian and Jenny toured their new house. The question was, how do you feel about Jenny's attitude towards her temporary housing situation? Is her situation really awful? 
And is this going to be a miserable Christmas or should she be looking at the bright side of life and just get on with it? We had an excellent turnout uh, as 123 people voted with a whopping 79% telling Jennifer to lighten up and embrace the wonderful life that she has, while only 21% agreed with her Scrooge-like attitude. The two opposing views were expressed first by Christine Lapping, who said, I understand Jenny completely. She has been positively stoic about losing her home and beautiful kitchen, around which the major part of her life has been based. She is now confronted with the reality of the price to pay for Brian's actions, so give her a break. Some Christmas kindness and a big virtual hug. She will bounce back but needs time. On the other hand, Marie Harris wrote, my brother Ian Raven texted me after the episode saying, Jennifer can fuck off. I have to say that I agree with him. Not used to semi-detached living, indeed. Yoko Bear thought that the much-anticipated Christmas Day episode was a tad underwhelming, and many concurred with him. Dumpty Demers expected a big bust-up, and we were left disappointed. Mia Fox said, boring. And Ruth Pearl said, very blah. Pete Ranson summed it up with, I was expecting EastEnders and what we got, well, was the Archers. I think that's a very good lesson for all of us. We egg each other on to predict wild scenarios, but what we actually love about the Archers is that it's a docudrama of everyday folks set in a rural village filled with people doing stuff that most of us have no idea about. But I digress. Anya Kenyon Loved the Christmas Day episode, but she admitted to being quite drunk while listening to it. Glenn Fullalove <laughs> thought it was a good illustration of how the English middle class does disapproval. And Janice Betson and Christine Coulson enjoyed Josh's snide remarks, but Melissa Williams was not happy with Josh. She said, English middle class allow their 20-something child to berate a guest on a special day like Christmas? That mm-hmm. was ridiculous. Once, okay, funny. Twice, pushing the envelope. Three times, rude. I agreed with Melissa, writing, Speaking of rear ends, Josh is an asshole. Master (laughs) Miles also noted the scriptwriter's tiresome and homophobic revisiting of the gender confusion of Lily's significant other, this Mm -hmm. time by Jill. I would have to say that I agree. Many of us tried our hand at the annual end-of-year official BBC Archers quiz. Andrew Horn, Steph Bridges, and I admitted to being a little disappointed with our score of 18 out of 20. But Josie Passell and Jennifer Taylor were pleased with their 15 and 16, respectively. Meanwhile, Louise Schimming celebrated with a perfect score. Congrats, Louise. You really must get out more. (laughs) Finally, for one of our last posts of 2018, we asked for a year-end review. What have been your highlights of the year in Ambridge? And what really annoyed you? What character have you loved this year? And who have you hated? So far, we have 30 responses, and they have been very varied in their opinions. So I will let Yokel Bear summarize the results in next week's social media roundup. I'm going to sign off now and wake Angus up from his nap. Talk to you all soon. And a very happy new year from your social media team. Oh, oh thank you very thank much. Thank you, Witherspoon. And thank you, all of you, for everything that you do. And you, Robert, as well. Oh, why, um, why have I done? <laughs> no, because, you, you know, we all do this just because we love it. And it's, you know, people take so much. You, you know, you always 
have prepared have you know you're always sort of preparing and thinking about things and you know you're always up for doing it and everything yeah. and the social media guys spend ages putting everything together and it's just lovely and you know you're so kind oh well like you said we we only do it because um it's part of our rehabilitation program isn't it <laughs> don't you think Is it the courts the yeah courts exactly for- it's by court order I'm not joking. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a proper community, isn't it? Yes, it is. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And the more the more you try and thank people or or say that it somehow it's like trying to grasp sand. You the more you try to describe it, the yeah. the less you you are able to describe it. So, it's a warm fuzzy feeling. That's what Dumpty Dum is. Oh. A slight moistening of the pants. Yes. Uh, <laughs> right. I think you'd better do tweets of the week, hadn't you? Yes. Uh, right. Hang on. I have lost them. All right. There they are, right in front of me. Uh, Jane Bramley, just to echo this, as we've just been saying, I love the tweet along. A shining beacon in a world seemingly covered by the contents of the Grundy's Portaloo. <laughs> um, Ackley Lou. No. Aki Lou said, I am grateful to Jenny for reminding me what fetid hill folk I come from. A bunch of renters with showers over our baths, sharing a tin of beans between <laughs> our shared tooth and saying, yuck, yuck, yuck. Um, Anna Kenyon said, this was when he fell in the ditch. No tetanus? Could he still have Viles disease or a missing arm that no one has noticed? <laughs> um, Matt Underwood. Brian. I'm just welcoming the new owners. Shits under floorboards and puts fish in wall cavity. Bob <laughs> <laughs> Hawking said the mystery cast member is John Malkovich. The BBC got a bog off deal. <laughs> and Chris Marple Winsey said, this is uh, relating to the bull. Jenny was only a publican's daughter, but she pulled the wrong knob and got stout. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, dear. And that's it. Ah, oh, dear, dear, dear. Well, yeah, I, mean, I had, yeah. The, the, I've got a shower over my bath. Does that make me a a prole? According to Jenny, but then according to Jenny, not being Jenny makes you a prole. Hmm. Fair enough. Ugh. All right. That just really—it's just so horrible. It's so unnecessary. She really annoyed me doing that. Well, she's just she's a just terrible a snob, isn't she? And. Yeah. yeah, but like most terrible stories, it's because she doesn't come from yeah. that. She's, you know, it's the fear, isn't it? It's yeah. the fear that makes you like that. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm going backwards. Oh, shit. You know, <laughs> you just get aggressive and start lashing out at everybody. Just horrible. Horrible. Yeah, I, uh, maybe I'm a little bit of a snob, too, because of that. I, so I have some sympathy. But anyway, oh, gosh, did I make a, a, a New Year's admission to being a slight snob? Possibly. Ooh. Well, not you know. I I laugh at myself. I laugh at myself for it too. Yeah. Mm. It's it's anyway. I won't go. It's 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 a lot to do with people who hold their knives like a pencil. That that kind of yeah yeah yeah. Because because they are trying to be posh by doing that. Yes. And they're not. Well, it's the whole toilet serviette thing, isn't it? You know, any word that well, you have serviettes in your toilet. What, are you eating in your lavatory again, Lucy? 
anybody that uh, you know it's it's any any word that's been sort of gussied up to be frenchified or to sort of hide what it actually is is the biggest mm. indication that you know if you're if anything you do is hiding what it is then it's it's naff yeah yes. napkins are such a ni- much nicer word though isn't it mm. it's like yeah. munchkin and oh it's like a what? munchkin's nappy isn't it a, a napkin mm. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't use the word serviette but that's mainly it's got too many it's too long mm. it's just awful it makes me ugh. yeah what do you and uh, mm. Bog, sofa, settee. I say sofa. Yeah. Sofa, lounge or sitting room. Oh, never lounge. (laughs) Sorry, that was a bit of a visceral response, wasn't it? (laughs) All right. Well, unless you you say lounge, then. (laughs) Well, airport lounge. That's all right. You would say airport. That sounds ridiculous. Airport sitting room. But some people call it the drawing room. And you think, well, if you live in a two-up, two-down, that's fucking pretentious, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, I've got a friend that does that. <laughs> oh, I think that's my but... first F-bomb of the year. <gasps> no, it can't be, because it's the 31st. It's not New Year yet. No, I mean, of this year, of 2018. Really? No, it can't be. It's, it's my no. first one for a long time. Yes. Do you feel better for it? Not really. Better out than in, Robert. Well, yeah. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't feel. I feel slightly soiled, like um, like Emma Grundy's tracky bottoms. <laughs> oh dear! Right, is that? Oh, we've got some more stuff to do, haven't we? Oh, sorry, sorry, everyone, sorry. What else have we got to do? Ah, we've got to do uh, the shop. Go along to uh, dumptydum dot com and click through to our fabulous shop, where you can get yourselves plenty of mugs. Things that look like kinky underwear and some uh, bag for life type things, and lots of Have other. We got kinky underwear on the website. It looks like kinky underwear. Yeah, it's like um, it's an all-in-one bodysuit. Oh, in black. It's not Blimey. very lacy, but it's skin tight. Wow, I'm wearing one now. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, uh, shipping has been slashed. Uh, and it's free for everything. Uh, orders over fifty pounds. But the hot sellers are lots and lots of Dumpty Dum mugs with Hello You Too, Right You Are, and um, It's an Odd Slab written on it. (laughs) I should definitely have that. Also, if you go along to the website, you can click through to Patreon, etc. Or go to uh, patreon.com slash Dumpty Dum, where you can help to keep us on the air, on the air. Um, Keep the show on the road even. Uh, It's a couple of quid. per episode or per month uh, helps to buy us uh, headphones because actually my headphones have started to go now when you mentioned your little black furry things coming up in your ears um (laughs) little panda ears or whatever um my my thing's going in one ear now oh i've had trouble all day all day with my sound so pop along to patreon uh if you can spare some money from time to time or you can donate via paypal too but you know what if you can't afford it or you don't think we're worth it it's fine, but just keep listening because, like Lucy said, <laughs> we, we need to fulfil our uh, our community service by doing this. And remember, you can get in contact by sending us a voice message on SpeakPipe 
you go to the website or call 0203-031-3105. That's 0203-031-3105 to leave us a message. You can find us all on Twitter at Dumpty Dum. Lucy is at Lucy B. Freeman. I am at Naked Fingers. And Royfield is at Royfield, all on Twitter. And uh, all it leaves us to say is Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And I was looking for some music as as you were doing Tweets of the Week, and I thought, oh, bloody hell, I'm going to turn the recording off here <laughs> if I do that. Because, you know, I thought about getting the Royal Dragoon Guards doing um, doing Old Lang Syne or something like that. But do you know what? I couldn't be bothered to spend the 79 pence from iTunes. Right. No, anyway. quite right. Don't, yeah. So actually, so we could, we, could, we could sing Old Lang Syne ourselves, couldn't we? Oh, no, no one needs that. <laughs> Why are All you right, punishing then. people? I'll do it on the harmonica. All right, then. Oh, my God. There you are. That one. It, someone thought Genevieve would come on the television, but no, it's me. Right. I think that's about it now. I've had too much coffee. <laughs> I, need to go, I need to go and calm down with a nice gin and tonic. <laughs> All right, then. Crappy New Year. Uh, <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Bye. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.